0: What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam, and I'm Liz, and I just got done working an eight-hour shift at a diner. Woo! We are at episode seventy-seven. We are going to be talking about the Game Awards 2019, and we're going to be talking about our predictions about the actual show. So, with all that said and done, Liz, how you doing?
1: I'm good.
0: I don't know why I'm talking in the focal fry.
1: I have no idea. But Radio. I'm good. I finished my first week of my new job. You did. And apparently I'm doing quite well. I impressed the owner. Ooh. So that's nice. That is um, nice. Um Yeah.
0: All right. That's all I got. Cool.
1: I can't hear myself through the head through my hat.
0: Oh, you can't hear yourself? <laughs>
1: I mean, I can hear myself, like, talking, but I can't hear it in the headphones.
0: (laughs) Yikes. But you can hear me good. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Because I'm louder voice.
1: I think... uh, Never mind. I'll explain later.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, But yeah, so I also got done my first week. Uh, I actually worked in a grocery store for a week, and then I found a new job. Um, This new job is in a diner we absolutely love. Love. And And I couldn't believe it was the same one until I applied and it was the same one. Um, and so I just got done. We were recording this on Saturday so that Liz can edit it. And working in this pretty famous diner um, on a Saturday, my cabs are on fire. But that's okay because I also impressed the owner too. So yes. um, that's all that matters. Until YouTube becomes a full-time gig, that's all that matters. And we, we
1: are good at our jobs. Yes,
0: because we got to make a living until you decide to subscribe. Yeah, But that's the other thing. Just bringing that up one more time, because I always say it, we don't deserve subscriptions, right? Like we we have to constantly improve the quality, improve the video, and uh, make sure that you are um, willing to uh, subscribe. And we love hearing the comments. We love hearing feedback. And it seems like you really enjoy the show, especially when we have guests on. Trust me, the next three weeks. Okay, I shouldn't promise that. But in the next uh, couple of weeks, we should be getting uh, Mm a good amount of guests, including next week, this is definite, we are getting on Brian McGinnis, who is uh, of Playable Characters Podcast, which is the, I believe it's in the top 20 for gaming podcasts. Nice. If you have not listened to Playable Characters Podcast, you are mistaking yourselves and you need to go check that out. (laughs) But... Let's get this show started because we got a lot to talk about. So, I just want to remind everybody that we are on social media, on Twitter, at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. Cool. So, you can follow us there and be friends with us there. And also on Instagram. We are on Instagram. Games and Groceries, all one word. So, you can check out behind the scenes photos as well as question of the week, not question of the week, midweek speak. Uh, But yeah, check that out. And we also have a Facebook now. Woohoo! So your moms can check us out. <laughs> uh, but we do have a Facebook.
1: It's really just so our moms can follow us.
0: <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, did you have your mom uh, subscribe to it? No. Oh, my mom does. My mom follows. Hey, mom. She's not listening to this. She doesn't love me that much. Yeah, um, she
1: does, and she is.
0: Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, but, yeah, so we're on that. And we also have a website, gamesgroceries.com. We can listen to all of those podcasts from the website as well as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the website whether it be on itunes uh, i believe we're on player fm radio public helps us if you listen to us on radio public it actually directly supports the show so definitely check us out on radio public and finally 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 uh if you're watching this on youtube uh definitely consider hitting that subscription and a notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out and if you get to the end of the episode and you really like the episode you know what helps us out clicking that like, and also sharing it, sharing it with a friend. But if you're on iTunes or any other audio version, definitely consider giving us a review on your favorite platform so that we can be aware of what you think of the show. So, with all that said and done, let's get right into it with our first segment, Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies in the past week, whether it be Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters, or on Disney+. Plus. Probably, because now we have it. Thanks for the Christmas present. But, with all that said and done, we'd like to recommend it, or we don't recommend it. And we'd like to rate it uh 1 out of 10. But, since the Christmas spirit, jingle bell time. That's why Liz is wearing that hat. Uh, we are watching all Christmas movies for these movie minutes. And we're rating it 1 to 10 jingles. 10 jingles being, it put us right in the Christmas spirit. It's basically elf. And 1 being, oh wait, this is actually... Uh, I was supposed to say Die Hard, but Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is actually The Matrix. Yeah. Pretty much. So we watched on Netflix a movie called Klaus. Mm -hmm. So opening thoughts, go.
1: It was cute. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I remember the first thing we really liked about it was the art style. Yes. When it first came up, it was like a children's book art. Almost Mm -hmm. like it wasn't like comic book. It wasn't like Spider-Verse in that way. But it wasn't like the typical animation you see, yeah. And it wasn't a claymation like the ones when we were growing up, um, which came out even before we were born. But um, it was like you were—it's like the art you would see in a children's Christmas book. So that was really cool, and I liked it.
0: So yeah, that's actually my first note. It's that the animation is highly interesting.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I had the burp, but. (laughs) Uh, the animation was pretty unique with, it had glossy eyes to it. Yeah. Like, all the eyes were, like, glossy, realistic. Um, and like you said, it was a children's book kind of art style. It was very fast-paced. It was a very, uh, high motion, but also realistic. It it was a unique sort of art style to it that kind of kept your interest going with, with the movie. Because if it looks good, that's what really keeps your interest, Mm -hmm. but... Um it, it was just all I can say is that the art style was very pleasant to look at and this was an hour and a half, wasn't it?
1: I think yeah, just about.
0: Yeah, it was about an hour and a half. It definitely wasn't a 2-hour movie. No. Um, and at no
1: point did I feel like okay, is this going to end soon? Like it definitely yeah. was the right length.
0: Exactly. And the the art style really really helped because it's pleasant to look at. It's not annoying. At, yeah. at all it's not childish it's very unique it's just very pleasant to look at so i have to give that recommendation right there if you like animation if you like those kind of art styles uh definitely check out this movie because it has an excellent art style yeah let me put the mic closer there we go closer Jeez. um but what i have to say oh yes my second note we actually watched this earlier in the week so that's why i write down notes so that i remember but it's actually a fresh new take on the origin story of santa claus yeah actually so all these stories before they were just kind of like um you know santa claus he can't like like the movie the santa claus like oh you know he knocked a person off the roof and now he's santa claus we're not gonna. i don't
1: think that's quite it
0: you're not quite it but uh yeah what did you think about this story we're not going to spoil it but
1: yeah, I I really enjoyed the take they took they had on it. It did remind me of Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, yes,
0: like uh, with yeah
1: with the grumpy town and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I I think you they had a little bit of inspiration from that. But really, other than the attitude of the town, that's really the only thing that was the same as a diff- as another Christmas movie. Other than mm-hmm. that. It was all original ideas. It was definitely a good take. And I told him that if we had kids who this was the movie they wanted to watch five times a day. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind. It wouldn't kill me.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, like I said, it was well paced. Um, I think the story was fresh. I think that, like what you said, it kind of reminded you of other Christmas movies, but it had its own kind of story Mm -hmm. to it. And I think that's what made this movie very special
1: Yeah,
0: um, is that kind of special take to it and the special animation, the special uh, kind of story to it where it seemed familiar, but also wasn't uh, fleshed out already, right? Now, onto my last note here. um, Hey, Klaus, can you put on the brakes to the emotional train? Stop it.
1: It was... Very emotional.
0: It was so incredibly emotional at times. Um, It was very heartfelt. And uh, there were storylines to it where, now we're not going to spoil it, like where the storyline comes in, but there's even a storyline of uh, infertility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to get too, too personal, but uh, we talked about this and- We actually appreciated that was in there because, you know, we've struggled with infertility as well. And you get to see the struggle of Mm -hmm. waiting and waiting and waiting and the child never comes. And there's like this emotional tear. Yeah. Now, because we connected with it so well.
1: Yeah.
0: And that it was just like, stop
1: it. Yeah. Like if you've been touched in any way by infertility, then it'll probably hit home more for you than someone who's yeah. never experienced it in any way at all. Um, but if yeah. you've lived it or if you've seen someone or, you know, had someone in your life, you went through it, this will definitely touch you.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I, I think you can take, take that to, to, uh, to mean any kind of emotional train wreck, yeah. kind of like losing a spouse. You know, mm-hmm. if a movie has like moving, a uh, losing a spouse, you really don't affect that until you actually have been through that. And same thing with this kind of infertility where um, I think that it, what I think about this whole infertility section in the movie, I think it was done very well. It was. Where it wasn't kind of, It really wasn't kind of um, just kind of thrown in there, like oh we. But it was hinted. It was hinted at it, and it was just kind of like it was
1: one of those things that they put in children's movies that are meant for the parents. And
0: oh god, the ending! Oh my god!
1: Oh, that was oh I couldn't broke my heart.
0: I couldn't. That was beautiful. I was like stop! Like it was just all around.
1: If this wasn't based on Christmas movies, our rankings would definitely be higher.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that. Our final ranking of it. Uh, Now, we rank these one to ten jingles, meaning that how much Christmas spirit does this movie kind of give you watching it? Liz, what did you give it?
1: So I gave it a seven and a half. And like I said, if this was rated as just a standalone movie and not as a Christmas, like if we weren't rating it on how much Christmas spirit it gave us, it would be a lot higher because as a movie, it was a great movie. Yes. Um, But as a Christmas movie, I gave it a seven and a half because it definitely has that Christmassy element that got you in the Christmas spirit, Mm -hmm. but it still wasn't quite there for me. I'm not sure why.
0: No, it's just, um, I also gave it a seven and a half. And seven and a half being, it's right in the middle of decent and solid. Like this gave you like a solid feeling of Christmas, but then, you know, decent. It's
1: like Christmas with the cranks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually agree with that. That would be a seven and a half where this had Christmas themes to it. But I think it was so focused on that infertility and losing a spouse. Like it had themes to it. Where I think...
1: Christmas was, like, the way mm-hmm. the plot... Like, Christmas was, like, helped the plot move.
0: I mean, you could argue that about Elf, because Elf is all about adoption and um foster care.
1: Yeah, and, but he's an Elf.
0: But that's the thing. That's the thing, is that, like, Elf also had those serious themes to it, mm-hmm. like to parents and fathers not being there all the time. But... This movie wasn't elf in that way because, like what you said, that he was an elf. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't really go through the plot too much in this movie, but it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's on Netflix. I think you can look it up for yourself.
1: But yeah, I think a seven and a half is a fair thing, is a fair rating because it Seven and a half jingles. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Jingles
1: um but that's because but like i said it's still very Christmassy. it gets you in the christmas spirit Mm -hmm. but it does have more of that serious more serious moments that makes it not it's not that like big uplifting it's not like the claymation christmas movies that Mm -hmm. have the songs and oh christmas
0: yikes uh but yeah i think we enjoyed it a lot we did i think we connected with it a lot um I would give it a high ranking for a Christmas movie. So if you're looking for a Christmas movie to watch, mm-hmm. you have Netflix, definitely check out Klaus because yeah, Klaus is one of those. Uh, there's also another Netflix movie that just came out that's about Christmas, The Night Before Christmas. Yes. We should watch that. This is
1: the second year in a row that that actress has done a Christmas movie. What actress? Move. The main actress in that. She's from, the one from... We'll talk about Aska that after. Musical. I don't remember her name right now.
0: Yeah. High School Musical Girl. So, again, this was Klaus. It's on Netflix. If you want to check it out, definitely uh, go check it out because it's still the Christmas season. Um, no, it's not Thanksgiving season. It is Christmas season. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, I wonder how many listeners are really angry at us for doing Christmas stuff before Thanksgiving. Comment
0: down below. Are you one of those people that says, no, it's not Christmas until after Thanksgiving? Come down tree's below. My has
1: been up for two weeks.
0: Yes. Has it been two weeks? Yes. Cool. So again, that was Klaus. It's on Netflix. Definitely check it out. We we recommend it. Yes. We do. So with that said, let's just move on to our second segment. Top three gaming news. Top three gaming news is game news that we saw in the past weekend. We'd like to rank a three-two-one just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry. Pow pow. Pow pow.
1: I like that my chair moves with me now. Yikes. Oh, I'm going away.
0: Oh, yikes. <laughs> Are you back? I'm back. You're back with us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Anybody listening to us on audio version, she's actually floating off into space. She's an astronaut. But then anybody watching us on YouTube um, knows the truth. Uh, the moon landing was a lie. Uh, so, what? the Dual Shock. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is number three gaming news. Um, number three gaming news. Uh, DualShock 5 was actually leaked. Not announced. It was leaked and lizzie is disappointed about it i am um, so let me go check into out
1: my tweet <laughs>
0: uh at journey first so it's looking to be kind of a bigger controller i'm just going through my notes right here we're going to talk about the design if you're watching this on youtube we're actually going to throw on the design and if you're not if you're listening to us on audio article link down below definitely check it out it's from the verge pretty good article so A patent filed in Japan actually revealed some detailed images of the DualShock 5. So uh, it came out. There's a lot of uh, stuff to it, including, thank God, USB-C charging. You are taking my monster, aren't you? How dare you? Uh, Also, the light bar is gone. So we have a better battery charge with it. Hey, hello. Excuse me. (laughs) drinking more than you should of my monster
1: i took sips two sips
0: gets gets to getting (laughs) so USB C, which is faster charging as well as the light bar is gone so it's not going to drain your battery from the light bar and it looks significantly bigger now i'm going to put the image up right now or liz is because she edits this episode um but it looks significantly bigger. It looks kind of like an Xbox one controller, but with the PlayStation four look Liz, you're not happy. Why are you not happy?
1: Because, and I think I've said this before. I don't remember, but I think I've said it before. I, part of the reason why I liked the PlayStation controller better was because it was smaller Yeah. and I have smaller hands. Now I don't have the smallest hands. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do know people who are around my age who have smaller hands than me. But I have relatively small hands compared to you.
0: Yes. I have. Let's take a look. If you're on YouTube. (laughs) I
1: the wrong hand. Yeah.
0: Well, like, there you go.
1: Like, look at how small my hands are compared to Adam's. Mm -hmm. And.
0: If you're watching us on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, so, like, that's part of the reason why I liked the PlayStation controller. Because I felt like it fit in my hands. It was more comfortable to hold for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it looks like the PlayStation controller. Like if you, because on the web on the web page, I think they had this patent picture and mm-hmm. a patent picture for the DualShock Four. Yes, and you can tell that it's not
0: Too ginormously much
1: bigger. bigger, but it looks like someone kind of stuck a straw in it and went.
0: <laughs> it looks like they went to freshman year of college.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: freshman. <laughs> so, 15. but that's
1: what it looks like, mm-hmm. and so. I don't, it's, it's just like, I'm just worried that it's not going to feel as comfortable. Like it looks like they made an Xbox controller with mm. longer handles.
0: Now keep in mind, Liz, that this is just a patent design. This isn't the official look of it,
1: but it, but means it does, does look chunky. And it looks like their purpose, like they're looking for something a bit meatier than what they have now.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I don't like. Um, but
1: yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't think the light bar takes that much battery.
0: No, we, it does. Re- oh well, we yeah. rarely
1: have to charge our Dual Shock as it is. Well, that's
0: because I replaced the battery. Oh, like that's the thing. It's like the the Dual fours were significantly less battery than the Xbox One controller. Mm. Um, because so of we that, we got li- a
1: different battery.
0: Yeah, I replaced the battery on it. Oh, uh, and that's the thing. If uh, if you're looking to get more battery life from your Dual it it really doesn't take a lot. To change the battery out, it takes like um, a screwdriver. I think, I think it's just a torque. I can't remember off the top of my head. But then you need a pair of tweezers. Take it, bad boy, out. It's kind of well. This is YouTube, so you can find it. But it does. It doesn't take that much. But this is all just a uh, patent, but interesting nonetheless to discuss. So, uh, but moving forward to our number two gaming news, actually number two took a deuce um <gasps> what half-life alex has been revealed and it is a new half-life game new half-life game in vr and is not half-life 3 yeah. it is actually half-life 1.5 so <laughs> let's talk about it real quick so on thursday valve actually finally revealed after years of it being in the making it became public for a full-length vr half-life game I believe it was said to be between 13 and 16 hours. So it's a, it's a decent-sized game. Full-length VR. And it is not Half-Life 3, but rather a prequel to Half-Life 2 that follows uh, Alex Vance and her father Eli in the story. And it, and it talks all about... Um, ugh, I'm sorry, I just got off an 8-hour shift, so I'm exhausted. But uh, it, it talks a lot more about what wasn't said in Half-Life 2. And, okay, so the consensus, so before I say about the consensus, and I want to read you a quote, but there's actually, surprisingly, there's no plans for a non-VR Half-Life. It seems like they were spending all of their time on this VR game, and I had the questions, like, you heard your fans, you know that they want Half-Life 3, and you spent all of your time and resources on this VR game, which brings you to the consensus, the consensus is disappointed it's disappointed it i i've been reading some threads there are some angry fans there's always going to be angry fans there are but the consensus is just like it looks phenomenal i i didn't show you the trailer nope it looks it looks great for a vr game uh it looks fantastic uh, it's another half-life game it uses um it uses steam's own um own hardware I forget what it was. I don't think it's the Oculus. It might be the Oculus. No, that's Facebook. Whatever. But uh, but it does use Oculus. Everybody's kind of like, it exists. I'm not mad at it. I'm just disappointed it's not Half-Life 3. So, oh, and there's one quote I want to read to you before moving on to the number one gaming news. Liz, you don't really have a lot to say about this, do you?
1: I know nothing about Half-Life, sorry.
0: You know nothing about Half-Life? Uh, you're not pretty much VR anything. Um yeah yeah
1: i'm definitely i mean neither of us are vr person or vr no
0: person. i have a history of epilepsy so i just don't like to risk it
1: and i have motion sickness and migraine problems and yeah. neither of those are suggested to use vr yeah. so
0: <laughs> but this is actually a quote from gabe newell about this new half-life game and i just want to read it and then i'm going to uh rant for a little bit about number one gaming news
1: and i'll be silent then too
0: pretty much <laughs> i mean you'll have a lot this to is say a great,
1: yeah I'll have plenty to say in the topic, so yeah. This I'm just, might, I'll rest my voice.
0: This might be a longer episode, but actually some people have been asking for longer episodes.
1: Well, that's nice.
0: Yeah, so let me just I read just through this. I love
1: the sound of our voices.
0: <laughs> let me just read through this quote, and then we'll get to number one. Everyone at Valve is excited to be returning to the world of Half-Life, Valve's Game <laughs> Valve's Gabe Newell said in a statement, uh, VR has energized us. We've invested a lot in, of ourselves in the technology, but we're also game developers at heart, and to be devoting ourselves to a VR game this ambitious is just as exciting. For that to come in the form of Half-Life uh, feels like the culmination of a lot of things that we care about a lot, truly great games cutting edge technology and open platforms. Uh, we can't wait for the people to experience this. If you're watching some VR, um, VR uh, on YouTube, uh, I accidentally cut off the quote, but uh, but it seems like they're pretty passionate about this and you can tell. Yeah. You watch the trailer and it looks, ooh, it looks fantastic. Like it, it looks really, really good for a VR game. And you can tell that they put a lot of time and effort into this. It, you can't really be mad at it. You really can't, but it's just disappointment that's not, you know, concluding the cliffhanger from Half-Life 2. And that's what the disappointment comes to. But anything else to say, Liz?
1: Um, they shouldn't put games exclusively on VR.
0: Moving on to our number one gaming news. Uh, okay, so I'm going to be talking about Hideo Kojima and Jeff Keighley. Right here. So there's this conflict of interest going along about um, the Game Awards, which we're going to be talking about in the uh, big topic. So I'm going to be pretty quick about this, hopefully. But Hideo Kojima and Jeff Keighley, well, actually, Jeff Keighley was actually accused of having a, confl- a conflict of interest. Now, the Game Awards nominations have been uh, released, and uh, Death, Stranding, Death Stranding has nine nominations. Eight or nine. I think nine. But it has nine nominations, including Game of the Year and Best Game Direction. Now, a lot of people are saying it's like, oh, well, Jeff Keighley is just big old buddies with Hideo Kojima. They're just big old bros. And that's the conflict of interest right here. Because people don't agree that Death Stranding is Game of the Year worthy or even for Game Direction or even for nine nominations. Okay. Real quick, going to rant for a little bit. This isn't going to be like articles. I'm just going to read one quote from the article that's linked down below. It's actually a pretty good article. But uh, this quote right here uh, says, If you're unaware of the voting process at the Game Awards, the nominations and eventual winners are selected by a panel compromised comprised of 80, 80, 80 media outlets around the globe. 80. The general public can then also contribute and vote for each category as well, but their collective votes only make up 10% of the final count. No outside influences such as Keeley have any role in voting otherwise.
1: Kind of like any other award show.
0: Okay, going to rant. So let me just bring up the actual game awards because we're actually going to be talking about um it for a little bit game awards nominations now here's the thing is that nobody's really talking about how this really isn't a conflict of interest more than it is like you just don't like death stranding and you don't think it deserves all these nominations and i'm going to rant a little bit about this so uh, i'm going to click about and a lot of people are just saying like oh why why um why isn't it a conflict of interest Well, we see right here that Hideo Kojima is part of the advisory board. And everybody's like, oh, Hideo, he's on it. He's on it. But everybody's also pointing out that Phil Spencer's on it. Cool. Also, Phil Harrison is on it, as well as Rockstar Games is on it. And Doug Bowser. uh, Yves Gamol is on the Valve is on this. Everybody's just pointing out Hideo Kojima because they just want to point the finger and say that, oh, it's a conflict of interest because he's on the advisory board. So is everybody else. Get over yourself. But then you also have the voting board, and I'm trying to find it off the hand. And everybody's pointing out a certain Japanese publication that was also um, in Death Stranding. But I want to point out that's one out of... 80, one out of 80 of these press releases that are in the voting and putting in, it is one out of 80, okay? So I understand that Death Stranding is divisive. I haven't played Death Stranding because I looked at the trailers. I looked at uh, some gameplay of it. It doesn't seem like it's for me. It doesn't. I will play it eventually. I'm, I'm excited about it.
1: But you're in no rush.
0: I'm in no rush. But that's the thing. You just don't like how it's in Game of the Year nomination because you don't like it. You know why it's in Game of the Year? Do you know why? It's actually because everybody's scared to say Hideo Kojima isn't a god. Yeah. In the same way as Breath of the Wild was nominated for Game of the Year because everybody then was too scared to say that Breath of the Wild was not their game. In fact, I still remember when Breath of the Wild came out. By the way, I'm playing Breath of the Wild. Absolutely love it. Me please, too. please don't hurt me. But there was actually some reviewers that gave it an 80. An 80, Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of people that play Breath of the Wild. They're like, it's not my game. And those people got doxed for giving it an 80. And that's the thing. When it was on Game of the Year... It was nominated for Game of the Year. One, because, okay, fine, it deserved it. But two, because people were too terrified to say it wasn't that great of a game. Second thing, Red Dead Redemption 2, just last year. Oh, geez. Do you remember how many nominations that game got? Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me let me look again. How many nominations did uh, Dead Red Dead Redemption get? Co- half the show? Wait, who's on the advisory board? Oh, look at that. It's Rockstar Games. You, you, nobody ever said that this was a conflict of interest. Maybe some people did, but Rockstar Games is on the advisory board, and yet everybody was just like, "Yeah, yeah, it deserves it. It totally deserves it." I was one that was very um, okay with God of War getting Game of the Year. Wh- who else is on the advisory board? Oh my God, Sony Interactive Entertainment, the people who actually published God of War. Would you look at that? So, for anybody that says that there's a conflict of interest because a game gets nominated, um, much like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I thought that got snubbed. There's no conflict of, oh wait, Yves Guillemot, who is the CEO of Ubisoft, is on the advisory board. So, for you to say that there's a conflict of interest because Jeff Keighley and Hideo Kojima are best buddies... That's not just it. Death Stranding actually went out of its way to be a brand new creative game. It's not for you. If you don't like it, that's fine. Doesn't mean other people don't. And it was was actually um, rated pretty well, Death Stranding. Maybe you don't like it. I didn't buy it. I promise you I'm almost done because I can tell Liz is tired of me talking. But
1: I think Liz is just tired in general.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also had a monster which is also featured in Death Stranding. But here's the thing. Hideo Kojima went out of his way to make a very unique game. It is a walking simulator, but with a lot of action in it. It's got a story to it that's all about connection rather than killing people. It's got this bridge system that you can like other people's bridges. And there's actually gameplay mechanics in here that can actually be utilized in the future uh, tellings of games. It's a good game. Not for me, but it's a good game. And for everybody to just like jump the boat and say, you know, oh, it's a conflict of interest. You have to mention every other conflict of interest.
1: I mean, everyone on that board is from a gaming company. You're right. Why would you have people who don't know games on an advisory board for game yeah. awards?
0: Because that's the thing. You know who else is on there? Steven Ma, who is from Tencent. Yikes. Uh, Tencent, if you don't know, is a massive, massive corporation that owns like half of gaming. There you go. Yeah. He um, wins no matter what. That's the thing. <laughs> because, it's because Death Stranding is so divisive that people are just saying that's conflict of interest. Here's something that nobody's really talking about is why does Control have eights? Control has eight nominations, and we'll get to that. And I promise you we'll get to that. But its sales numbers in August, it actually didn't make make the charts in August, which was its release month. Hmm. It wasn't really presented that well. It didn't sell that well, and yet it's nominated for Game of the Year and seven other nominations. So everyone's all in all about Hideo Kojima, but they're not looking at the other game awards that were passed and didn't look at the advisory board right here. They didn't look at Rockstar Games. They didn't look at Yves Gamoli. They didn't look at Sony Interactive Entertainments or WB Games. But that's the thing, is that people just want to point the finger because they think that they got snubbed and they think that Death, Death Stranding didn't make the mark for them. But guess what? It, it reviewed well. Mm-hmm. I think it reviewed well because they were too afraid to say that Hideo Kojima isn't a god. That point you can make that the voters of this just... Did not want to say he was a fraud, but that's all I should say because I'm running really, really long. So um, if you disagree with me, I'm at Ace the Grocer. Let's start some Twitter beef. I don't really care. At least you'll interact with me on Twitter. I need to be loved. But with that said and done, I'm just going to end myself there. And let's just go into the final where we're actually going to be talking about the Game Award nominees, but we're only going to be talking about seven topics. Seven, seven categories, not 29 categories. So let's just jump into it with our final segment. Talkie time! Every single week here on the Games and Groceries podcast, we like to do a talkie time, whether it be about female gamers or even uh, game preservation. We like to talk about a gaming topic within the gaming industry. And since the Game Awards came out, uh, we're going to be talking about seven categories just to keep it within a half an hour um instead of the 29 uh spoiler alert, we're not talking about esports because we're not really esports people nope. so
1: can't really sp- commentate on that one
0: sorry about that it's a it's not that they don't matter It's just that we're not
1: that's not our thing
0: uh i remember Boogie. Boogie did a whole uh thing categories and then he looked through audio design he's like nobody cares about that i'm like whoa yeah, people see? care about that
1: he doesn't care about that
0: he doesn't care but people do But we're going to be talking about uh, seven categories. We're going to be talking about Best Performance, Best Narrative, Games for Impact, Best Game Direction, Fresh Indie Game, Best Art Direction, and Game of the Year. So let's get started with Best Performance. So we have our nominees of Ashley Birch as Prevardi in Outer Worlds. Then we have Courtney Hope as Jesse Fadden in, oh, look at that, Control. We were just talking about that. I think she deserves that. But then we have Laura Bailey as Kate Diaz in Gears 5, Mads Mikkelsen in Death Stranding, and then we have Matthew Poretta in Control, and then finally Norman Reedus in Death Stranding. Okay, so in this talkie time, we're going to say what who we want, and then who do we think will win. So, surprise, surprise, who do we want to win? Let's
1: say all at the same time. All right, one, one two,
0: two, three. Ashley Ashley Birch yep we love Ashley Birch I love Outer Worlds um I think Ashley Birch deserved it because playing through Outer Worlds and uh playing Prevardi I think she did phenomenal I think Ashley Birch other than
1: the fact that all we hear is Chloe
0: yeah (laughs) I think Ashley Birch is just a very talented voice actress now with that being said who do we think is going to win
1: should we do it at the same time again
0: be- I I think we should because I, I guarantee we have different um but it okay, let's just do it. All right. One, One two, two, three, three. Mads Mickelson. <laughs> Mads Mickelson. <laughs> no,
1: I think it'll be Norman Reedus.
0: I know it will be Norman Reedus. So
1: why do you choose <laughs> say Mads Mickelson? Well,
0: because Mads Mickelson, everybody complains that Norman Reedus actually wasn't that great in Death Stranding, but everybody's on fire. <laughs> Pun intended. Um uh, Mads Mickelson because he gets on fire in the game. Um
1: spoiler alert.
0: No, no, it's in the trailers. No,
1: oh, I didn't even
0: know. I didn't play it. How is this a spoiler. I don't
1: know, because you get spoiled by stuff all the time.
0: But I'm just reading about um the performance from Mads Mickelson, and it seems like a lot of people really connect with him. Norman Reedus, um, I think could win it because you know he Pete it Norman is Reedus. it's Norman Reedus. Just like how um, with Arthur Morgan's voice actor, ah, I can't remember. Beats me. Yeah. But he won over Christopher Judge, which blew my mind. Like, how did Christopher Judge not win that category for performance?
1: Because that game just dominated mm. the entire awards.
0: You are all right, girl? No. Oh, Bessie. Oh no, um, but yeah, I think Norman Reedus, well, or Mads Mikkelsen, it's between those two.
1: It'll definitely be Death Stranding.
0: It will definitely be for Death Stranding. Um, I hope Laura Bailey. I played Gears Five. Kate Diaz, I think, was a great character. We hope Ashley Birch gets it. I Everyone voted for Ashley, vote for Ashley Birch. Ashley Birch, but um, I definitely think that either Mads Mikkelsen or Norman Reedus. I personally hope out of those two, I think it's Mads Mikkelsen deserves it way more than Norman Reedus does. But because it's Norman Reedus and he's from Walking Dead, like, com- yeah,
1: exactly. Like, he's not a traditional video game right. actor. So, like, since he's not a video game actor, but he's actor, definitely nerd culture. Exactly. So, they'll so, be like, oh my gosh, Norman Reedus in a video game. Oh my gosh, he must win.
0: But if you haven't already, definitely vote for Ashley Birch as yeah. best for best performance. So, the next category. I think we're going to talk about, I think I already wrote it down, is narrative. So best narrative. Uh, There's a few games on here I did not play. Actually, all but one I didn't play. I was interested in this, but let's talk about this. Uh, The category goes to, well, the category says for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. And we have Plague Tale Innocence, which I heard was very good. I just didn't get a chance to. Control. Again, Control, um, I really wanted to play Control. I don't care what other people say. I think Control looked really interesting. I love Remedy, and I just didn't get a chance to play it. Then we have Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, which ACG absolutely loves, and then my vote, Outer Worlds. So, Liz, you didn't play any of these.
1: No, and I literally cannot remember a single thing about Control. Like, it's in everything, so that means I must have heard about it and mm-hmm. known about it. I talked it. about it a lot. I don't remember a single thing Yeah, about Control. Um, so, yeah, I don't have one that I want to win. I want Outer Worlds to win for you.
0: Thank you. But that's about it. The reason why I think Outer Worlds narrative is just so excellent, I don't think it's going to win. And I'll talk about what I think is going to win. And I don't think it's Death Stranding, mind you. Oh, I do. It could win.
1: I think it's going to be just like last year. Death Stranding going to dominate everything, and then hopefully it won't win the
0: game of the year. It, it might be just like last year with Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, Death Stranding could be the Red Dead Redemption 2, where it's a long game that nobody actually finished, and people are just raving about, and it's going to dominate the show. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just like last year. It is. Yep. But And then Control is going to be like God of War, apparently. That's going to be like the second-in-command, which is... Yeah. Really weird. Before I go forward, looking at... Now, I'll talk about this in Game of the Year especially, but before these nominations came out, I'm like, not a lot of heavy hitters came out like last year did. Last year was some heavy hitters. Um, Because Game of the Year was, um, uh, you know, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, Spider-Man 2018. In fact, let me look it up. 2018 Game of the Year nominations. Okay. Goaty. Goaty. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. So last year was Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Marvel's Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, God of War, and Celeste. Yeah. Last year was nuts. Yeah, it was a lot. But this one was kind of like trickily. But we'll get to that when we get to the game of the year.
1: Don't jump ahead, Adam.
0: So we think Death Stranding is going to win Best Narrative, unfortunately. Yeah. But I want to talk about why Outer Worlds should win Best Narrative. It's because it's so many branching different um, dialogues, branching um, storylines, and it all collects and ties itself together so well. But each mission, it's written so well that when Liz watched me play Outer Worlds, like I had to tell like, Liz, this is not a main mission. This is a side mission. And it's just written so well and so deep and so invested I think the narrative really pans out that you want to play it again and again and again and get a different narrative. And I think the narrative of Outer Worlds is very lore heavy. I think it should win, but Death Stranding is going to take this one or Control. Nah, For Death me, Stranding.
1: Outer Worlds has too much talking. Every time I look up, you're talking to someone.
0: Just like real life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like it so much. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's true. Let's talk about games for impacts. So, yes. I played three of these games. Yeah. So, we have Concrete Genie. We which have which
1: I think I wanted to play.
0: I think that's a VR game.
1: Yeah, and then I was sad that it was VR.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think but I wanted to play that. I don't think it's only VR though. I might be wrong about that, but I think it's also something else. But we have Concrete Genie. We have Grease, um, not Gris. Greece should be gross. kind words which I actually never heard about nope. I, I I totally missed the mark on that one uh life is strange 2, which we talk about all the time on the show and yeah my vote and my vote because we talked about this on the podcast we actually have a whole episode about this game um sea of solitude which I hopefully will remember to link up here but we actually talked about this for an episode uh we talked about the um the lines of sea of solitude and what kind of uh, impact is it making? Now, I played Greece, I played Life of Strange Two and I played Sea of Solitude. I didn't play Concrete genie. I've never even heard of kind words. Not to say that it's not good enough, but
1: yeah we just we can't say anything on it because we don't know what it is.
0: so let's talk about what we want to win. Sea of Solitude. and I think out of all of these games, I think Sea of Solitude was the most honest, the most visceral, the most real kind of story setting. If we're talking about games for impact. I think this game really hit the mark of what it means to be depressed, to be bullied, to let others down. And I think Sea of Solitude hit the mark on yeah. all of them. And Grease was also a good game as well as Life is Strange 2 and a whole 2016 um, stance yeah. on, on life. But I think Sea of Solitude really hit yeah. that mark.
1: Because it also, not even the ones that you hit it, it's hit so many different topics when it involves like anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. like, The inner conflict. Yeah. Like with yourself and... Oh, it's just such a good game.
0: Now, what do we think is going to win? Ready? (laughs) Yeah. Three, two, one. Sea of Solitude. I actually think Sea of Solitude is going to take this. I hope so. I know what you mean about Life Strange 2.
1: It's just the most popular out of all of them.
0: But I think we're forgetting that a lot of games journalism is actually talking about Steve of Solitude. They're getting well, on... That's co- true. They're and getting yeah, on Connie get. Right, I was
1: torn between the two.
0: It's going to be one of the two. Yeah.
1: It Hopefully, could, it's the one we voted for. That'd be great.
0: All of these but games...
1: since I'm one of the voters for it, it's probably not going to win because everything I liked... <laughs>
0: um, but I think First. all of these games have a fair chance, honestly, for this yeah, category. There's definitely. really no outright winner.
1: And I think that's because it is so popular... I don't want to say, it doesn't sound like the right word, but Mm -hmm. it is so popular today to be outright with your anxiety Mm -hmm. and emotional trauma Yeah, that this is an important topic. Mm -hmm. So they all have a very good chance of winning because they all hit home for someone, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, so.
0: By the way, if anybody is in connection with Connie Geppert and can get her on the show for us, because I try to contact her. And I definitely want to talk to her more about this game, but mm-hmm. uh, I think she's too busy for me but
1: we're too little
0: We're too tiny um, but I think Sea of solitude was actually you know talked a lot about games journalist sites and it's still in a, it's still being talked about to this day mm-hmm. uh it's being nominated for a game award, so I think Sea of Solitude actually has a pretty good stance on winning yeah. games for impact it's I'm in between Sea of Solitude and Greece is going to be one of the winners. Mm. Or Concrete Genie. Actually, like I said, Listen, all of these. All
1: of them. And I don't think we'll be upset with any of them winning.
0: I don't think so. All right. Let's go into game direction.
1: Okay. But, so, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you skipped one.
0: Nope. You see what I voted for there? Sorry, babe. Uh,
1: it's <laughs> okay. I didn't play any of these games.
0: Uh, So game direction. Uh, awarded for outstanding creative vision and, innovative, and innovation in game direction and design. Now you know why I voted for that. Yeah. So we got Control. We've got Death Stranding. We've got Resident Evil Two. We've got Sic- uh, Sekiro: Shadow of the Dies Twice, and we have Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds. Wow. Outer Wilds. So, um, talking about what's described again. Awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Game direction and design. Vision and innovation. What I want is two. Are all of them. Actually, no, just three. Just three. The the three I want to win are either Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, and Outer Wilds. Now The reason why I say Resident Evil 2 is because I'm going to talk about this in Game of the Year category, but I think it really defined what a game remake should really look like. Like, this was a game remake from the ground up. Like, this is a completely different game. And I think it definitely deserves to be uh, for creative vision and innovation. And I think Out of Wilds, too, because it really gets the... um, um kind of groundhog day kind of gameplay and really puts into play where it becomes a fun game that you want to play over and over again until you get it right now death stranding i voted for death stranding
1: i understand why you voted for death stranding and i would probably vote for it too
0: because it's a creative vision it's innovation it's a game direction it's design um, he's trying to design to connect everybody and in game you are connecting with real people you are liking the the uh, bridges they're making you are um putting in each other's songs like you're actually connecting with other people it is a strand game and he's trying to innovate another genre mm-hmm. of a game so i think what i want what out of all these games what do you think what 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 who do you want to win do you I have a preference? I don't
1: think I have a preference. Like I said, I would probably vote for Death Stranding because it is the like definition of innovative. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's different. So I'd probably go for that. But as far as like, will I be disappointed either way, mm-hmm. I don't really care.
0: Yeah. Um, I think what we want to win and what we think is going to win is pretty much in the same place. I think yeah. Death Stranding is going to win this. Um, I hope Resident Evil 2 also gets this. But, yeah, I, I, I would like either Death Stranding or Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. to take this. But I think Death Stranding is definitely going to take this. Yeah. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. So now we're moving on to my favorite category. Fresh indie game. Let's go. Okay. Well, let's talk about this. So we have Fresh Indie Game. The... Recognizing a new independent studio that released its first game in 2019. Woohoo. So we have ZA slash UM, which is for Disco, Disco Elysium. Then we have Nomada Studio for Greece, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, Dead Toast Entertainment for my friend Pedro. I didn't play that yet. I can't wait to play it because it's going to come on Game Pass for PC. Then we have Mobius Digital, just Mobius Digital for Outer Wilds, Uh, Mega Crit for Slay Aspire, also well deserving. And my vote, (laughs) House House for Untitled Goose Game. House House, let's go! I voted for House House for Untitled Goose Game. Who who do you want to win?
1: I want House House to win for you. Yeah. I think it's between House House and Dead Toast Entertainment.
0: For My Friend Pedro?
1: Yeah. Because I just, I've heard a lot about My Friend Pedro over the past year. Yeah. So that's why I think it's My Friend Pedro. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that there's been a lot of talk about Goose Game too. Yeah. So it could go either way
0: like Blink 182 talked about it on stage yeah. Goose Game. And I, and I like how it's a fresh new kind of game where you're just this it I love how people describe it. It's Goose Grand Theft Auto. And I love it because it's <gasps> so innocent, it's so childish, and it's just so it's so refreshing to play a game like this that doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. It's not a long game. You it's can make a fun
1: it fun little game,
0: yeah. You can make it as long as you want with the uh other categories in the game, but I really hope that House House wins for Untitled Goose Game because it was such a cultural phenomenon. Now, who do I think is going to win? I actually think Nomada Studio for Gris, yeah. That
1: was another one I thought was gonna Greece, win Greece. I mean, whatever.
0: I think Nomada Studio is gonna take this for Greece because while it wasn't in the news, all that much. I think Reese is just so artistic and just so beautiful in those soundtrack. For
1: in first time that this studio has put anything out, mm-hmm. it has two nominations.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Like no, uh, we're we're coming on button three. Pretty there soon. There
1: you go. It has more than one nomination. Yeah. For a first mm-hmm. game to come out of the studio and an indie studio.
0: So, I think Greece might have a solid chance out of Wilds also has a solid chance, actually, all of these, much like um games for impact mm-hmm. all of these have a fair shot of winning. I don't know who's gonna take this more, but I think Greece is actually in the front runner in my opinion yeah. because it's just so balanced in both the music, the gameplay, the art, like everything about this game is just very well balanced out that. Everything could be your favorite in this game.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: Um, but House House for Untied Goose game was just such a cultural phenomenon. Slate aspire is also like this really unique kind of um uh roguelike kind of uh game. Card based. It's it's very well done. I played a little bit of it. Out of wilds, of course, my friend Pedro Disco Elysium. All these studios have a fair shot of winning. I think Greece is going to take it, no matter studio. But I hope, I really hope House House takes this for Untitled Goose Game. All right, so we're moving on to our last two categories. Last two. First, let's go with Art Direction, presented by Samsung QLED.
1: <laughs> All
0: right, so the category says for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. So first we have Control, Death Stranding, Grease, uh, Se- Oh my goodness, I'm sorry listeners! Rrap. Sayonara Wildlands, Sekiro Eyes Sa- Twice, and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Who do I want to win? Hmm. I really, 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 really want Greece to win because it's so beautiful like this game is so unique and just so gorgeous and everything about
1: it is so good but you know which one is gonna win
0: I know what's gonna win wait uh ready yep three two one death, death, death stranding. stranding yep death Stranding's gonna take the cake um uh, death stranding or control is gonna take this or you never know Link's Awakening could take this yeah Link's Awakening could probably take this because people love Legend of Zelda. But I think Control is going to take this one, actually. Hmm. Because it is kind of unique in its design. It is very artistic. Um, and the way the, the set is all played out, it may look blank, but it's like a minimalistic design. Hmm. I th- but if you haven't yet played Grease, it's probably on sale right now because it's nominated for yeah. a game award. For three game awards, as far as I know, maybe more. But Greece is just so I just want to cry like thinking about it because it's so good. Like the art style is just so fantastic. The music is fantastic. Like the, the design of the character is just so gorgeous. The design of the uh the goddess that holds you, it's just so gorgeous. It's so good. Play Greece! Okay. Do it.
1: Moving on to game of the year.
0: But that's the thing. Play <laughs> Grease. Play Grease. <laughs> so we're going to spend our last bit of time. Game of the year. So I want to remind everybody. Uh, 2018 game of the year. So last year's nominations. Heavy hitters. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Monster Hunter World. Red Dead Redemption 2. God of War. And Celeste, that was Game of the Year. Game of the Year this year, (sighs) Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro. Uh, Last year's titles, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. It's kind of a trickle kind of year. Yeah. Like, last year, there was some heavy... Heavy hitters. Like last year was a lot of really yeah, good games. Yeah,
1: it was games. hard to choose between a few.
0: But this one, I'm just it's not that impressive. No. Now, here's the thing. Talking about Game of the Year, let's, let's see this. Uh, game of the Year described as recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. We have Control, which fine, sure, okay. Uh, we have Death Stranding. Okay. Resident Evil 2. Let me talk about this for real real quick. I think that's a high contender for that category the way it's described. Because Resident Evil 2, while it may be a remake, and you even said this. Yeah. Uh, now, if it was a remaster...
1: That'd be... Shouldn't be in there. But it's a remake, so it's different.
0: Yeah. And the way this does remakes, I think really needs to be implemented into all kinds of fields of study in what a remake should be Mm -hmm. because this is an all-around ground up from the ground up i mean uh from the ground up total remake where it's just a completely separate game it may be based off of resident evil 2 but is a completely new game yeah and i know you didn't play the original resident evil 2 and we're back. We actually cut out there for a little bit because of a technical issue. <laughs> not so much technical or like biological, but <laughs> um, but talking about Resident Evil 2, I think this game redoes what a remake of a game should be. Mm-hmm. Now, Link's Awakening is also a really good remake, but it's not a completely new game yeah but Resident Evil 2, as compared to the original Resident Evil 2, which you didn't play, mm-hmm. this game does what it should in terms of what a game remake needs to be yeah, and that's why I think that when we're talking about um game of the year, a recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields, I think Resident Evil 2's remake really should be considered.
1: Yeah, and I think another one that we both agreed on
0: Mm -hmm.
1: was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yes. Because everyone talked about that. Every age, every playing style.
0: Talk about a cultural phenomenon.
1: Yeah, everyone was excited for Smash Ultimate. Yeah. So I think that's a high contender.
0: If Smash Bros. Ultimate wins Game of the Year... I would be totally okay with that. Yeah. I would be totally fine with that. And that's the thing. Is because it was a game for everybody. It had all these sorts of Nintendo characters plus some. It had Banjo in it. It's even getting some more characters into it. Not Luigi apparently. He's just, you know, kind of like a trophy. But I think Smash Ultimate can also be considered as well. Um, Sekiro, I didn't play it. It's another From Software game, and it kind of redoes what a From Software game can look like and play like. I agree with that, but it it redoes its developers sort of Mm -hmm. thing. It doesn't redevelop any kind of game, like game all around video games, but I think it redoes what a From Software game can look like. Mm -hmm. And then finally, here's my vote. Oh, surprise! It's Outer Wilds. Oh no, it's Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds. Ah! Um, Outer Worlds, the reason why I think it deserves to be considered for Game of the Air is because I think it's a game for absolutely everybody. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enough people gave it a chance because they thought it was just a sci-fi RPG game. But here's the thing. You play Outer Worlds the way you want to play Outer Worlds. Mm -hmm. Liz said that she didn't really like it because I'm always talking. It's because I'm always talking in real life. Like, that's all I do. Like,
1: but... In my, like the way I see it, because I don't know anything about it. When every time I look up, you're talking to someone's like, oh, okay, so this is like a talking game.
0: No. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You can be rude to people. You can be polite to people. Ooh. You can, you can kill every single person in this game. Ooh. You can also go through the entire game without killing anybody. You can that's use, fun. well, like that's the thing is that you don't want to kill people. That's fine. You don't have to. Uh you can use all sorts of different weapons, you can use all different kinds of armor, everything.
1: Mm, maybe I'll play now.
0: But that's the thing. And here's the other thing. It's as long as you want it to be. It's a 14. 14- you see how
1: you got how you got pumped up there if you're watching on YouTube. He's like yeah. it's like but wait, there's
0: well, more. Oh well, no, because my <laughs> butt hurts. But <laughs> but um because I just got off an 8-hour shift at a yeah. diner. Um but that's the thing is that it's a 14 to 40 hour game. Mm-hmm. It's a game for absolutely everybody. It's as long as you want it to be. It's any play style you want it to be. It's a dialogue choice to anybody who wants to be. It is a game for absolutely everybody.
1: Well, then it should win. It should. It I won't. think
0: it should. I honestly think, okay, maybe I'm a little biased here. Maybe there's a conflict of interest going on here. Wow. But I think it should win. I think Outer Worlds should at least be considered well, that's for That's why
1: you voted for it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, that... you
1: vote for who you think should win.
0: But because, you know, there is a conflict of interest, I don't really care. I think Outer Worlds is a game for absolutely everybody. Yeah. Now, what do we think is going to win? Ready? Three, two, one, control. I
1: have no idea.
0: Control's going to win because it's going to take us all by a storm. Actually, no. If it's going to take us all by storm, I think Resident Evil Two.
1: I think it's between Resident Evil Two and Super Smash.
0: I really think so. I
1: literally think it's going to be like last year. Death Stranding is going to take over the whole thing, and mm-hmm. someone else is going to win Game of the Year. Because mm-hmm. like, just when you think they're going to win another one, yep. they're like, "But wait,
0: there's someone more. else
1: wins." Not there's more. If there's more, that would mean they'd win.
0: There's more.
1: Wrong.
0: Ouch. Um, But yeah, I think Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has a high chance of winning. Mm -hmm. Okay, so ranking. Okay, here's my ranking of chances of what's going to win. Starting with number one, Smash Bros. Ultimate has the highest chance out of all these games to win game of the year. Chance number two, I'm going to say. Okay, it's a tie between Death Stranding and Resident Evil 2 in my mind. Okay, so my ranking of this. So Smash Bros. Ultimate has the highest chance of winning because of what it is and how it affected people culturally and how highly reviewed it was. So Smash Bros. Ultimate, I'm going to say Death Stranding is number two. Then it's Resident Evil 2, number three. Uh, Number four, I'm going to give it to Sekiro. Sekiro. I'm going to give it to that one. And then you have Outer Wilds and then you have Control. Because I don't you think out
1: a wild again. No, did I? Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness. Okay, but yeah, that's that. That's my current ranking. You
1: want my ranking. Sure. So again, this is what I think.
0: It it's is gonna not win. what I want. So just to remind everybody, mine is Smash Brothers Ultimate, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro, The Outer Worlds, there and you go. Control.
1: So I think I have Super Smash Ultimate. Mm-hmm. We both has- agree. Top. Yeah. Then I was torn between Resident Evil Two and Death Stranding. As was I. I think Death Stranding has a better tint just because I think a lot of people will, will think of Resident Evil the same way I do. Yeah. Like the same way I did, not do, but the same way I did when you first told me.
0: Okay. Sure.
1: So Death Stranding then Resident Evil, and then I'm putting Outer Worlds. Yeah. Above Sekiro. Yes, because the Sekiro it was very popular when it came out. Yeah. But you haven't heard anything after since.
0: I think it was talked about because it was the controversy of difficulty in games.
1: Exactly. So, so. really, it's it hasn't been talked about. Like it does. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it was a defining game. Yeah. So, um, you messed me up. So all right. So, Smash Ultimate, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two, Outer World, Control, and then Sekiro.
0: Oh, Sekiro, you think has the lowest chance?
1: Yes, because like okay. I said, I mean, I don't remember anything about Control, but I think it was pretty big
0: because well, it's in every
1: well, it's that's in a, like every topic.
0: Well, that's why it's a controversy. I think that's more of a controversy than Death Stranding because Control was actually not that great reviewed. It didn't make sales numbers in August. Like it didn't even make the charts in oh, August. Okay,
1: well then maybe Sekiro above Control. They they're pretty like they were like interchangeable for me.
0: Yeah, but, but we, I was
1: surprised you put Sekiro so high.
0: Well, it's because I think it does have technical field and it has a creative experience to it, but we both agree that Smash Ultimate has the highest chance. Yeah. I think, uh, I really think that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is going to walk away with Game of the Year.
1: That would be insane. Just because like that's so, it's, in my opinion, that's such an untypical game to win Game of the Year.
0: Well, Overwatch won in 2016, 2016. Overwatch? You remember that yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. Well, I, I don't really talk I about it, from, it that much. Yeah. Overwatch is kind of like Rainbow Six Siege, but more... I'm going to get so many hate comments from this. <laughs> it's not like Siege, but it kind of is. Stop okay, it.
1: So, to me, those are very different. Mm-hmm. Because when I think of Super Smash, I think of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I think of our youth students. Yeah. I don't think of, like, Game of the Year yeah. type of game. But it kind of was. Yeah. So to, in my mind, it's just like, that's crazy. That's just me, though. Please don't hate me.
0: <laughs> but I agree. I th- I think we both agree that Smash Brothers Ultimate. We want Outer Worlds to win. Yeah. Because I think it does. I don't think, like I said, if you're watching this, you didn't give Outer Worlds a chance. Do you, it. You should. Because it is a game for everybody. Do I, it. Really, yeah. You, you play it.
1: I know. I said, all right, maybe now I'll play it. Yes. But it's on your... Big ol' Xbox controller <laughs> that I hate playing on.
0: It's only your big old thing. You talk about my Duke? No, not no. about my Duke. It's about the original Xbox One controller.
1: I know, and it's too big.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Um But I think Resident Evil 2 should also be highly considered. Not to be a controversy as it's a remake, but it is, it does reach creative and mm-hmm. technical fields. I think it yeah. I think it should be highly considered for game of the year you know what i'm gonna move Mm -hmm. death stranding down and put resident evil 2 up to number two spot okay but i think smash ultimate has a pretty high chance and outer worlds is a um, a pretty okay chance but control if that walks away with game of the year
1: you'll be disappointed
0: i want to make a bet like i want to say like i'll dye my beer pink
1: you work in a restaurant i know that's highly ranked. You do not dye your beard pink.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like I don't think Control's going to go away with it. I think that's a low chance and I think Smash Brothers will take it. But that's just our opinion. But if you have an opinion of your own, write it in the comments down below. Uh who do you think's going to take like not who do you want? Who do you like what game is going to win game of the year this year? I
1: know a bet you can make. What's that? If Control wins, you'll get a manicure.
0: Okay i'll do that
1: because we can take that off for work
0: yeah i'll get a manicure so i will get i hope it wins if control wins
1: (laughs) everyone go vote for control
0: (laughs) if control wins game of the year i will go get a manicure like straight up manicure not paint my nails i will go get a manicure
1: and paint your nails
0: what and paint my nails
1: getting your nails painted is part of a manicure
0: all right we'll do that i will get my nails painted if control wins game of the year, that's how low of a chance I think it has of winning. Uh, But again, what do you think? Uh, Write your comments down below. If you're watching on YouTube or you can, you know, tweet at us. Um, I'm at Ace of Grocer. Uh, She's at journey first, but our game uh, games, groceries, Twitter is at gaming groceries. So definitely tweet at us. Um, But let me know your thoughts. But I think, smash is gonna win
1: yeah probably
0: i said that i know i said that five times but i keep like questioning myself
1: because it is so weird
0: it is especially since it came out last year
1: that too but we'll talk about that yeah later
0: but uh when the game awards do happen on december 12th you you can count on that we're gonna react to it on Uh, the next podcast so uh the monday after the game awards we're definitely gonna be talking about it and you know how we kind of favored out but with all that said and done do you have anything else to say
1: nope
0: cool this episode went on for way too long i'm so sorry about that oh wow yeah i know so with all that said and done be sure to follow us on twitter i already said the twitter handles but at gaming groceries Follow us on instagram games and groceries all one word and follow us on facebook you can search for games and groceries podcast or just games and groceries on facebook be sure to check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com where you can listen to all of the episodes from the website, as well as find out where you can listen to the audio version of the website. And also, if you enjoyed this episode, if you made it this far, definitely consider liking the episode or sharing it with a friend. And more importantly, subscribe, please, so that yeah. you know when all of these episodes come out. And hitting a notification bell also lets you know when all of these episodes come out, <clears throat> as well as our other content. But with that said and done. Uh I
1: think I think you got everything.
0: Outer Worlds Game of the Year. All, All right. right, see you next week. Later. Bye.